Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, I can always tell when Doug's in the building because the contest line starts to ring for the first of two gift <laughs> certificates to give away. <laughs> and it is uh, Sorgles up first if you're the 10th caller. We'd love to give you that great certificate that will give you all sorts of goodies. And Sorgles right at that Wexford exit. And the number is 412-922-1020. Now, if you want to talk to Doug before Eric Countryman gets here, Davy Tree's Talking Trees in about 20 minutes, you need to call 866 866- Three nine one ten twenty. Here he is, the star of the show, the organic gardener himself, DougOster.com. Doug Oster. I like when you call me star. You are. It makes me feel everywhere important. I go. Everywhere I go, people <laughs> want to know about Doug Oster. You know, speaking of sorghums, I saw on their website you can pick your own blueberries and flowers there today. That'd be kind of cool. Today would be a good day to pick blueberries. Oh, fresh blueberries, man. Nothing like it. Good for you, too. That's right. Antioxidant. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about spotted lanternfly. You know, I can't believe I actually got that word out. It's just sometimes God gives you a gift. I'm thinking, don't go I'm there. not even going to try and repeat it. And I got it out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Go I'm ahead. just going to say blueberries are good for you. They are good. I use three wor- four words instead of your one uh, anti-whatever, uh, accident. Yeah. <laughs> accident. That's exactly the story <laughs> of my life. So let's talk a little bit more about spotted lanternflies because that's what's on everybody's mind. And I did an interview with an entomologist from Davie, and I really got some uh, information I hadn't heard before. Even though they're infesting all sorts of things, like I said, grapes and roses seem to be number one in my area. Uh, But uh, I had somebody... Send me an email yesterday, or maybe it was on Facebook, saying that uh, you know all their hanging baskets got destroyed by them. But they, they're not going to attack every plant. They like some sucking insects have like a sort of type of pump, where they can, you know, they they pierce the uh, stem or leaf and are able to suck out the sap or juices, whatever they want. Spotted lanternfly can't do that. It has to be a plant that has the pressure to when they do pierce it to send that fluid out so it's going to be interesting to see what they're eating what they're not eating they are all over my roses but i don't see any damage so i'm I'm watching that i'm spraying them with horticultural oil insecticidal soap is another option neem is another organic uh option diatomaceous earth is another option but that one's a powder that's sharp on the microscopic level, you've got to be careful. You've got to wear a mask. And I was talking to Mrs. Noah all about this yesterday. Before you start spraying your plants with the horticultural oil or insecticidal soap, they need to be uh, watered. They need to have the water they need. At this point, I think after all that rain we got, if you got the rain, you'll be okay. But 
you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about watering here in a second because it looks like a, a dry week. And I just wanted to mention again, we talked about this last week, all these homemade recipes that are coming up, the pine saw and such like that, stick with something from the nursery, something that the science has proven is safe. Uh, you know, you first off, for a lot of people that whatever that crazy pine saw recipe is just to trap them, I, you can't leave that out. What what if a, a something else, a mammal or something gets to it and drinks it? Actually spraying the insect itself with something that can't hurt the good bugs or your soil life and that sort of thing, that's the way to deal with these at this point. Also talking to this entomologist, he is saying they are not as destructive as they thought they were going to be. They're not moving as fast as they thought they would. And so that's good news. Uh, I went to do a garden consult at a property where they wanted, the idea was when I showed up was they wanted to cut down all the tree of heaven. Tree of heaven is one of the favorites of the spotted lanternfly, but that is acting as a trap crop. If you've got tree of heaven, just let the... uh, let the bug stay there at the tree of heaven. If you take the tree of heaven out, which is just a weed tree, then it's gonna those those bugs are still gonna be here and they're gonna find another plant. At at right now there's seventy different species that we know that they will uh feed on. So if you had wild grapes somewhere and you had tree of heaven out in the woods somewhere, that's actually a positive. It's not drawing more of them in. They're gonna stay on the things that they can get what they want as easy as possible. So we will keep, you know, continue to talk about this. We'll probably talk to Eric about this today when we have Talking Trees at 730. Uh, This is going to be a week to water, you know, looking at the weather, 90s, no rain, you know, we're looking at rain, maybe Thursday, maybe Saturday, who knows. When you do water, try and do it first thing in the morning. This is the best time to do it and really soak that plant in. Don't just sprinkle, you know, once a day for a week. Soak it in. You, you only have to water those plants once, maybe twice a week if they're in the ground. Containers differently depends, of course, on the size of the container and, uh, you know, if they're in the sun or if they're in the shade. But get that water on there early in the morning uh, and get that plant ready for the day. The other reason we're doing it early in the morning is we just don't want the leaves to stay wet. Uh, you know, things like tomatoes and flocks and uh, zucchini, things like that. If the leaves stay wet, they're prone to fungal d- diseases, and that's not going to be a good thing. Um, fertilize those containers. Keep fertilizing it. You know, the fertilizer that I've fallen in love with is called Dramatic, and it has two M's in it for the company that uh, introduced it called Dram. Uh, it's available at Chapins down in the South Hills and at Han Nursery in the north and then also online and also also to other retailers. But it's fish-based. It just makes plants grow. Uh, and again, you know, talking to Mrs. Noadal, she likes to, and I, I, I picked this up from her, you water your containers first, let them get kind of soaked in, and then add your fertilizer, your liquid fertilizer after. Go through uh, and do it afterwards, and you'll get more fertilizer into the root zone as it won't just be dripping out. Uh, And so if you can't find the dramatic, there's a lot of different organic fish-based, kelp-based fertilizers. 
those containers at this point of the season, they've probably eaten up just about all the nutrients that are in that mix that they're planted in. So the fertilizer is just going to keep them going, uh, and it's important. And as we talked the last few weeks, every nursery has got bargains galore. And, you know, I still have containers to plant, believe it or not. I just haven't got to it. And so you can find some great bargains out there, uh, you know, especially flower-wise. And, you know, if you are going to plant when it gets hot like this, try and wait for a cloudy day. Uh, Try and wait till the end of the day. You know, I always love to plant when... uh, uh, rains on the way, but it, it's not looking good for this week. Uh, you know, for gardeners, I just, I just hate the forecast where it's 90, 90, 90, and no rain. But we'll see if the rain comes. Uh, another plant I wanted to talk about uh, that's going crazy in my garden uh, is the hardy banana. You know, this thing is going to be 20 feet tall at the end of the summer. It doesn't put on bananas, but it makes babies. And so now I've got like four banana trees the deer don't touch it and it adds this tropical look uh to the the garden and you don't have to do anything with it at the end of the season you just kind of it's really easy to cut down it's it's uh it's not like a a hard tree you cut it to the ground and just throw some straw over it and uh, this is just a great plant and this is an easy plant to find at nurseries Uh, and so it's perennial you put it in, you got something completely unusual, something completely different. And that, when that thing's 20 feet tall in the middle of the garden, it is a showstopper. Real quick, before we take our break, I want to tell you about two plants that I'm growing uh, that the deer don't touch. Now, every garden is different. Every landscape is different. But using lots of salvias out in areas that I can't fence in. And in the past five years, they have not touched them. Uh, so salvia, and then for bright sun, I've got some out there, uh, a couple different types of sedum out there that in my garden, they haven't touched at all. Uh, and then, of course, keep your vigilance with your spraying. You know, whatever you're using, since we're not going to have any rain, you can spray that today, spray all those plants today. And then they'll be good to go until we do get a rain or two. All right, 866-391-1020. If you want to talk to Doug, Eric Countryman will be here within 20. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Stay with us. The Organic Gardener on KDKA. Good morning. All right, 866-391-1020. Get your gardening questions in. So on that gardening calendar, it is the end of July. So how much more ahead of us? Lots? Well, if it, the season is like it's been the past five or six, yeah, we're going to go with annuals all the way into October, maybe later. That's why, you know, I'm still going to the nurseries and such. You might think, like, you're planting this late in the season. You still have half the season to enjoy the flowers. You're getting a deal on them, and uh, the the nursery wants the plants to, uh, you know, to get a good home. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about it. I've got just a couple seats left uh, for my trip to Tuscany, and I was with somebody yesterday that we've traveled a lot together uh, and have done Italy together. You know, this is going to be fun. It's inexpensive, you know, as as it's the cheapest I've ever been able to go to Europe, and we're going to see Florence and Pisa and then all these hill towns, uh, nine-day trip uh, in, in October, which is like the perfect time to be there. It's not going to be too hot. Uh, most of the tourists are gone. Uh, you know, 
I've got, I'm actually doing two trips. The first one sold out. The second one I got, I don't know, two, four seats left, something like that. Besides the uh, spotted lanternfly, you know, and Rob, let me know if there's a caller. Uh, besides the spotted lanternfly, aphids have been awful. You know, I get email every day about aphids, and we're using this uh, the same controls for aphids that we're using for anything else. But with an aphid, you can actually use a strong hose spray and knock that, that those little guys off the, the plant. Aphids are just like little itty-bitty, sometimes green, sometimes black, sometimes yellow, sucking insects. Uh, and whenever we see them, it kind of tells us, too, that the plant might be struggling a bit. Uh, because the plant sends out these signals. And so first thing we do is we try and spray them off that plant with some water, then some horticultural oil uh, or insecticidal soap. And it's not just like one time. you got to get it on the insect itself. Uh, that's how these these work. And again, safe for us and safe for everybody down, living downstream. And for the good bugs, we, we're just targeting those aphids. And, you know, three applications in as many weeks, and you'll you'll be good to go. The other thing to look for in the garden are squash bug eggs. And I just assumed everybody knew what squash bug eggs were, but they're kind of like a bunch of little, little itty-bitty kind of brownish bronze, in the, oftentimes in like a triangle. Uh, and so just squash those before those squash bugs uh, emerge. Let's say hi to Kathy in Butler as a houseplant question for Doug Oster on KDK. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning to all of you. Uh, yes, I have a shamrock, and I've had it for many, many years. It blooms m- multiple times during the year. But I was wondering, is there something I can add to the, so- to the soil to keep it healthy? Definitely. And that fertilizer that I talked about, or one like it, you know, uh, you know, fish-based or kelp-based, you, you buy it as a concentrate, so you mix it yourself. It, for houseplants, might last you years. And this is the time of the year when houseplants, we fertilize them. We don't fertilize them in the winter. There's not, okay. the days aren't long enough for the uh, plant to use the n- nutrients. And so, you know, that shamrock or oxalis plant is pretty tough. Uh, if it's doing its thing yeah, and it looks happy, I wouldn't worry about it. But usually after a few years, once a month, you want to give it a little bit of a boost, and those liquid fertilizers are perfect. You just, instead of the the day that you water your plant, you use the fertilizer instead. And I'm sure you know this from growing that plant for all these years. You just, you wouldn't want to overwater it. That would be the worst thing you could do. That's, uh, most house plants, they're, they're tough as nails, and they're only killed with kindness, too much fertilizer and too much water. So if you do fertilize it, read those the back of that uh, bottle and be sure that you know that you're not overdoing it uh, because, again, too much fertilizer, too much water can hurt those plants. How long have you had the plant? Oh, I would say at least, um, I'm going to say 15 years. See, when you're on a good run like that, I'm always leery about changing things up. You know, you're having good luck for 15 years with this plant. Uh, just, you know, experiment a little bit. If you are going to fertilize, just a little bit and just experiment. And don't kind of go off this path that you're already on that's obviously working well for the plant, okay? Okay. Now, you said uh, like a, did you say fish bait? Base? Yeah. yeah if, you, if you go to the nursery up there, you know, uh, Osterlings or someplace like that, 
they'll have a, a whole bunch of different fertilizers. I, you know, being the organic gardener, I want an organic one. Uh, now, with this one, I use Dramatic. I always tell people when you apply it, it smells like low tide, <laughs> and, oh, okay. but only for a day or two. And so I've always used, uh, you know, there's one called Neptune's Harvest. There's an Alaska. You'll, if you go to the nursery, you'll see there'll be a whole bunch of them and you just mix it up yourself. And like it does have an odor for a couple days. But this way, when we're using something like that, we mm-hmm. don't we don't have to uh, worry about anything that's in the soil negatively affecting it when it's fish based like that everything microbes all the way up to you know whatever might be in there that helps us garden you're not going to negatively affect it so it's just a great way to feed the plant well every evening the the leaves you know they they close up a little bit as mm-hmm. if the plant going to sleep mm-hmm. but the uh the the uh the flowers they just keep coming and then there's there's a period when when it's not and then the flowers start again and boy they just it blooms for for days on end, days on end. Sounds like you're the shamrock whisperer. Good for you. All right. Uh, listen, before we get to a break in about a minute and a half, let's uh, preview Eric Countryman. We're talking all about how to keep trees healthy through the summer, and I'm the first thing I'm going to ask him about is is watering trees. Which ones we water, and how much water we use, and the right way to do it. Uh, we're also going to talk about fertilizing. I'm sure we're going to spotted lanternfly is going to come up. Want to see what else he is seeing as far as. Uh, diseases and insects. I know uh, we had talked off the air, you know, he talked a lot about aphids on trees. I want to, you know, what do you do with a 40 foot tall tree that has aphids? That's the question. So we'll talk to Eric about that. And real quick, I want to go back to those squash bugs. Look for those eggs and you, cause squash bugs are so hard to take uh, control, uh, especially organically. And you know, do you really want chemical on your food? Just Anything from that family, you know, and those vine crops like that, flip that, um, those leaves over, and you'll, they are unmistakable. Uh, little itty-bitty bronze eggs all in a, a patch together and often in a triangular shape. And you, you, will, you will just, it will make your life so much easier because once those squash bugs hatch out, man, they are a pain, really tough to, to get rid of. Where's Jessica's book, Good Bug, Bad Bug, when you need it? (laughs) There you go. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back. Eric Countryman, just a couple of moments away. And Rob Taylor at the Anchor Desk with all that local news two minutes away. Next hour, doing some grilling with Frank Dentisi. All healthy stuff on the Coons Cooking Hour. Then Dr. Sean Ritchie drops by, Tri-State Neuropathy Center, curing thousands of neuropathy, bears your money and you. And then a big day planned on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's your Pratt Pack. It's a Sunday. This is KDKA. 100.1 100.1 FM, AM 1020. Good morning. We are joined by Eric Countryman. And Eric, I was telling everybody there's not going to be any rain all week. And then I just heard that forecast was supposed to get rain tomorrow. Uh, I hope that happens. But I wanted to start off with, you know, we're talking about how to keep trees healthy through the summer. I wanted to start with watering. Uh, you know, I'm not, I have like big giant oak trees. I'm not going to water those, but, or should I be? Well, it's, it's, if the trees are, like, in a wood environment, you know, where yep. there's leaf debris, there's mulch around them, they can hold moisture near their root zone. But if they're out in the middle of your grass lawn, uh, they can suffer from, uh, you know, like dehydration, basically, during this time. And it is a good idea to, to get a hose uh, put on the 
uh, root zone under their canopy on a real slow soak and just let that water really soak down in. How do I know when I've got enough water on there? On a big tree, uh, the answer is probably you, you won't know. You just need to do a, quite a bit. On uh, <clears throat> typically, say, about 10 gallons per inch of uh, trunk diameter. So if you just planted a new tree, it's two to three inches. You're talking 20 to 30 gallons at least uh, once or twice a week. Does it matter what time of the day I water? Because like for our vegetable gardens, uh, you know, we're always told to water early in the morning so that the leaves dry out. Does it matter with trees? I don't think it does because you really want to get a long soak so the water really gets down. Most of your tree roots are between surface and 18 inches down. So you really want to let that water percolate all the way down. How about those gator bags that I see around like smaller trees? Is that a good thing? I think they're fine, especially when you're, you know, new trees, newly planted trees, because um, you're going to deliver a, a measured amount of water near that root ball. Um, so I think that's great, but you can easily do it um, with a five-gallon bucket. This is my uh, cheap hack. Mm-hmm. Take a five-gallon bucket, drill a hole or two in the bottom of it, set it near the base of that tree, you fill it all the way up, you let it drain, you move it, fill it all the way up, let it drain. You can easily measure 20, you know, 30 gallons that way. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit, see if you've been hearing much about spotted lanternflies, because uh, every day I've been answering spotted lanternfly questions. Uh, hearing about it, yes, uh, constantly. Uh, they, they seem to have exploded in the last uh, three weeks, uh, and they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> So here's my theory is just, you know, people are telling me they want to cut down their tree of heaven. I'm telling them, hey, just leave the tree of heaven. If that's where the bugs are going to be, leave them on there as opposed to moving to other plants. Your thoughts? I think that's a, that's a noble idea as, as long as I think the tree is far away from where you want to live. Mm-hmm. I think that these these um, spotted lanternflies don't seem to be causing a ton of damage to our ornamentals and to our the trees that we really love, but they are gross, <laughs> and they leak a ton of honeydew. Yeah. So they'll ruin your patio. But if it's way up in the woods, uh, yeah, uh, giving them something to focus on rather than your nice maple over your deck is not a bad idea. Well, that's an interesting point you bring up because in my garden, I'm not I'm seeing a lot of the, like you say, gross bugs, but I'm not seeing a lot of damage. I have a real a rose I really love. They're all over it, uh, but the rose doesn't look any worse for the wear. They, yeah, I, I, I've not seen a spotted lanternfly take out a a tree or a a bush yet. Now I'm not saying they can't, mm-hmm. um, but it's just they don't. It's not like the emerald ash borer or the bronze birch borer, all these things that really did kill and do kill trees, it seems like they're they're just obnoxious pests. Yeah, and it's going to get worse when they get to the adult stage because that's the other thing that's confusing people is how they change in their different stages or called instars. You know, right now they they could either be, I've seen them both ways, black with white dots or orange, orange with white dots. I think that's right. 
I shot some pictures just yesterday, and uh, yeah. So and then you have the adult with the wings on there, and I think that's when it's going to get really ugly. That is when it's going to get really ugly. Again, they their waste that they produce is a honeydew type sticky substance. Other insects like scale, aphids produce kind of the same thing, and it drips, it gets everywhere, and then black um, like sooty mold grows on it. So it's not it's not good. Um, but if it's out in the woods, like again, you're not really going to notice it. You're not really going to be bothered. They don't hurt you. They don't hurt. It doesn't seem like they really hurt a lot of plants, though. I think certain species like tree of heaven, uh, grapes, uh, those sort of vine, Mm -hmm. uh, things they do attract to and can kill. So you brought up aphids from an arborist standpoint, what kind of season has it been for aphids? It's been really bad. (laughs) I think we, we didn't have uh, the coldest winter uh, on record. We definitely had a cold snap there at Christmas, but it was pretty mild otherwise. And, it, and early spring, they came, you know, in almost, you know, February, and the aphids just went insane this year. Uh, it seems to be on the decline. I haven't seen too much uh, lately, but I know river birches, if you have one of those, Wow. <laughs> Never seen them loaded like that before. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, can can the aphids kill a tree or they're just going to, what are they going to do? So the aphids are going to weaken a tree. They're not necessarily going to kill it because they do attack the leaves that are on the trees. They're going to suck the chlorophyll and everything out and the leaves are going to get shrinkled and, and, and tear, you know, little all sucked up. And so they're not going to work as uh, the engines for the plant that they're supposed to, but it's not necessarily going to kill them. Uh, if, if your tree got kind of defoliated because of the aphids, it'll probably leaf back out next year. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're, again, they're more kind of obnoxious and gross than they are killer pests. Yeah. The, the, you don't want uh, a tree overhanging your car with filled with aphids because it, all that stuff's going to be falling on your car. Right. Yep, exactly. It's that it's that honeydew uh, is what it's called. That that sticky waste that they yeah. produce. So back to tree health. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of fertilization for trees. Yeah, I mean, it, in the woods, trees drop their leaves. There's other plant material. It all decomposes. You get all that natural cycle of. Uh, nitrogen being put back into the soil. If you have a nice tree in the middle of your front lawn, it's not getting that. Uh, you are blowing the leaves away. You're composting. You're getting things out of the, you know, that, that cycle is broken. So a good fertilization is important for trees. Deep root um, delivery, so it's down where the roots are, yeah, uh, uh, is important. Tell me how you guys do that. How do you get it down to the root system? Yeah, so we have a we we have tanker trucks that have a pressure pump on them, and we mix our fertilizer in with water, so it's, it's suspended in the water, and we have a a gun uh, that has a probe on the end. We stick it into the ground. It goes down about you know six eight inches, and we use high pressure water to kind of blow the fertilizer down into the soil, and 
fertilizer, our fertilizer is designed to break down slowly over about the course of a year. And uh, that way it's always there for the tree to feed on when it's, uh, you know, taking in water and nutrients. You know, I have a pink dogwood that's just kind of limping along. And boy, I'm telling you, next time those guys come, I'm going to ask them to bring some bring that tanker truck with them and <laughs> and get that uh, dogwood going. But out of what you just said there before, what I got out of that was I don't have to rake my leaves anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll kill your grass, but... Uh, yeah. I don't care. I don't want to rake those oak leaves anymore. No, no, no. I'm, well, that's 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 the cycle out in, you know, out in the woods. You know, the leaves come down, they decompose. Um, you know, if you don't want to, don't. <laughs> You know, Eric, uh, before I, uh, we take our break, real quick, uh, tell me, and we talked about this before off the air, what is it about that black gum tree that you love so much? <laughs> I, I think it's that they're native, they're hardy, um, they don't seem to get a lot of insect and disease problems. I say that, you know, now, because, you know, we never know what's coming down the pike, but, right. and, and they have a, just a beautiful fall color, right? and, and it's different. We have a lot of maples. They're red. They're they're brilliant in the fall. But eh, let, let's introduce something that's a little bit purple and a little bit darker and a little bit in, more interesting. All right, Eric, you hang in there. We're going to talk to you after the break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call an expert like Eric from Davy Tree. They'll come out for free at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 982 8733. Back with more in a moment. All right, we are back with Doug and Eric Countryman uh, from Davy Tree. We've got some questions, so let's say hi to Rob for Eric and Doug here on KDKA. How you doing, okay. Rob? Hey, thanks. Talk to you later. Go ahead. What's your question? Are you talking to Rob? Yeah, Rob, go ahead. Oh, I, um, I moved to where I have a couple, um, Peach trees and a maple tree kind of were taken over by grapevines. So I got most of the grapevines off of them. And, uh, well, I wanted to, I wanted to return because they were really in a struggle to survive. But, um, I guess my question is what's the best way to keep these grapevines down? So, Eric, what do you think? What do you, what do you do with grapevines? I just hack them down at the, uh, at the bottom and, Usually that takes care of it. Is there anything else we should be doing for grapevines that are, we certainly want to get them off the trees, right? Yeah, that's, that's about it is just, you know, you, you mechanical control. You got to constantly be, you know, whacking them down, cutting them down. I mean, there are some herbicides you can use if you're into that. Um, maybe try to spray on the, the, the stump after you've cut them off, but um, there's, there's nothing that really stops it. Once it gets going, you just got to be, Johnny on the spot and keep, you know, cutting them down and cutting them fast. Now, that used to be my winter job, but then an arborist came and said, see, you missed one. And so <laughs> when they're actually leafed out, that, that for me now is the time that I'm, I'm doing it because then I can tell for sure that I'm getting those, <laughs> all the vines off there. All right, Michelle. Yeah, it makes next. it easier. Hey, Michelle, you're on the air. Welcome to KDK. Go ahead, please. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Woke up this morning. And there is a three, three and a half inch bug that looks sort of like a cicada or a locust. 
It's orange, brown, greenish. It's huge. Can you help me identify? Not me. What do you think, Eric? What, what is that? Any idea? Ooh, I, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, hey, take a, hey to... take a picture of that bug if you can and send it to me through my website, through dougoster.com, and we'll figure out what it is. It's hard to ID those sort of things, Eric, when you can't actually see them. Once you see it, because I'm sure, you know, somebody like you that has <laughs> been out in the field for so long, you're going to see that bug. You're going to know exactly what it is, and but you got to see the picture first, right? Yeah, and, and this time of the year, we have a lot of things that are, like we were talking about the spotted lanternfly that are maturing. We're going to see a lot more big moths and bugs. Most are generally harmless, um, but, you know, you just never know. Well, let's get back to our tree health uh, talk, and let's talk a little bit about uh, deadwood and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, right now is a great time to inspect your trees. Everything's fully leafed out. You can really, you know, look up and see what isn't leafed out. You can see all the dead in it. Um, I know on Thursday, my house was rocked pretty good by a good storm. Um, I think everyone here in Pittsburgh probably was. It was a pretty big one. Uh, and those, those dead pieces are what, you know, is the easiest to come crashing out. So good idea to take a look around what, what you see. Get an arborist to take a look. Um, most trees can be pruned, you know, now to get the dead wood out and make them safe. But if it's an oak or an elm, um, or even, frankly, I, I am now saying beech, um, you probably, you know, get, a, get it on the list and uh, get ready to do it in the winter because, uh, you know, those trees can get diseases and um, other issues if we prune them during the growing season. So it's better to wait till dormancy. You know, that's such a great point. This is why when you're going to choose somebody to come and look at your trees, you've got to get a certified arborist. If anybody's telling you this time of the year that they're going to be pruning an oak, that's that's disaster, right, Eric? And we probably have 30 seconds left. It is disaster, and we're uh, actually we, we've changed our guidelines. We're thinking with oak trees we may want to push back the window even into November. It used to be October. Uh, but we're seeing that the disease uh, oak wilt is still active and, and moving around later than we even we thought. All right, Eric, I sure appreciate all this great information. We will talk to you the next time that you're on. For more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And I'm answering questions after the show at dougoster.com. I've got more spotted lanternfly information up there, too. And as I said, a few seats left for my trip to Tuscany. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, there he goes, the organic gardener, one week from today, back in the saddle again. In the meantime, after the news at 8, it's Frank Dentisi grilling some healthy food today on the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.